1: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and Happy Friday. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. This week we talked about Hortense and Marie Mancini. Love. So this this episode went through a process of what is the episode about? because what I originally started out with was just Hortense, specifically. Uh, And then I was like, maybe it needs to be an episode on all of the Mazarinettes. And then I was like, that is way too much. (laughs) Uh, But then as I was taking all of these notes about Hortense, Marie just kept coming up over and over and over, and I was like, I think I just need to have the episode be about both of them, because their lives were intertwined so much, and they did intersect with each other in so many ways. Um, And at different times of their life, one of them often seems to have, like, the slightly better end of the stick. (laughs) Right. But it shifts. It shifts back and forth, yeah. Um, I also originally had in some notes about, like, their effects on people's attitudes toward divorce. Because, like, this was not something that women generally did. And they're, like, while there was a legal option to have this, like, separation in France, specifically, like, it it wasn't something that was really widely available. But divorce continued to be illegal for, like, another almost century after Mm -hmm. they lived. Uh, in France, in England, I think you had to have an act of Parliament to get divorced. like divorce just wasn't something that wasn't an, an available legal no remedy to a lot of people in Europe and it continued not to be even though <laughs> even after they had like broken all this new ground and published their memoirs and become famous almost like today's social media darlings um like their effect on on people's abilities to get out of marriages that were really abusive or terrible. Like, that continued to be really limited. It's interesting because, you know, we talked in this episode about the affair of the poisons and how many people were accused of poisoning and how much poisoning was going on. We did, like, our whole first season of Criminalia was about women poisoners. And I'm like, uh-huh. did nobody just slip these gals some arsenic? They could have gotten out of those marriages. like. <laughs> 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 <Wait. laughs> Maybe her their sisters could have because two of their sisters were embroiled were like, in yeah, like, were poisoning embroiled in it and got banished. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kept thinking about that throughout. I'm like, oh, I know, I know who you could have contacted. Like, they're gonna call me. Um, yeah. <laughs> give them the historical hookup. <laughs> it's another one of our very bad uses for time machines, right? I, I can, I can tell you who can get you out of this marriage. That's terrible. Don't do that. Um. Yeah, I love their story so much because it is so mind-blowing. The thing that always strikes me is, one, when you look at their story, how much this this dovetails on what you were saying about divorce not being an option, how much women were kind of viewed as an asset and not people. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Even their uncle, who in many ways seemed to treat them very well, still was using them as tools of his own... Um, legacy and desires. Right. And, you know, they were like, they were a f- part of a financial transaction, which is just like, ugh. And then the other thing that I think about a lot, you know, uh, Hortense being the younger of the two, you know, we talk about her having kids and leaving her kids and running around. And I'm, mm-hmm. I guarantee to many people's ears, it's like, what? What kind yeah. of mother would do that? Dude, by the time they're late in the game, like 1671, when they are running away together, she was still only 25. Yeah. She was so young. And I know that, you know, maturity ages were slightly different then, but that's still very, very young to have lived the life she had to, for both of them, Mm -hmm. to have never really had a life of their own and then be like, and you're responsible for all of this, oh, you're not a human, but you are absolutely responsible for other humans. It's just a lot. I have, I can't help but have sympathy for them, even in their moments of their worst behavior. Yeah. I, so I don't think Hortense ever saw her children after leaving. I could be wrong. Uh, it, like, if she did, that's not one of the things that stuck in my brain while doing research. Um, but it, it also does seem like when she left, she thought if she could find somebody who was sympathetic to her and could help her make a case that maybe she would be able to better advocate for them, like not in the house with her husband, yeah, um, and like I like I, that I can totally see like she's uh, in this marriage with this person who just is terrifying to me and whose behavior is really erratic and controlling um i can totally see her being like i i cannot i cannot fix this here i don't have the means to take them with me so maybe if i go somewhere else somebody can help me mm-hmm. like i can sort of see that pro- thought process but then like later i'm a little fuzzier on like now i'm a party girl now, yeah now what
0: happened
1: <laughs> yeah but you know both of them it was clear that they felt like and were expected to have a male heir for their husband um and that uh that Hortense once she once she had a boy after having had daughters was like done finished with this yeah I also um oh Armand what a case of projection right you can't Turn butter people will think it's sexy people will think it's sexy yeah. or you think it's sexy right. <laughs> like, this is your issue i'm trying to actually make food like i do <laughs> um he had a lot of issues yeah it's the most gentle way i can put it yeah it sort of makes you wonder about whether cardinal mazarin was that good of a judge of character right well and it also becomes that that question that you know they all layer like an onion of like maybe he was absolutely wonderful and seemed completely together around men but around women he became a complete nutbag right just like obsessive and bizarre and fixated on their every move being somehow gonna lure men to dangerous thoughts woof yeah Armand I wish there were therapists in 17th century France for you. I know that's not the cure for everything, but holy Moses. Fix yourself. Yeah. (laughs) He clearly had problems. So yeah, I find all of their stories really fascinating and trying to write about all seven of those nieces would have been way too many to have done any of them justice. But I think Marie and Hortense together hopefully worked out. I will forever think about nuns in a convent dipping their fingers in holy water before the sign <gasps> of the cross and getting ink all over their habit. Yeah. I'm going to think about that all the time because I think that's funny. I know it's sacrilegious. I just think it's funny. Yeah, It really seemed almost like, I don't know, it, the, the, the accounts of um, of Hortense and uh, Maria Sidoni. Like, it reminds me not even of uh, my brother's summer camp experiences in the Boy Scouts, but like a comedy, a fiction, a fictional comedy of like boys and Boy Scouts, uh, doing pranks, doing pranks on people. Like it just, um, I I know there's a gendered element to all of that, but like that's what it kind of reminded me of when it was when all the various types of pranks that they did on the nuns. See, what it reminded me of is, I think a lot of people have those one or two friends where you're just like... There is a chemical reaction that happens when the two of you are together and you just behave badly. I have a handful <laughs> of them. It's like I have friends when Brian and I are like traveling and meeting people in other meeting up with our friends in other cities or whatever. I'm like if so and so is coming to dinner and Brian just gets that look like, well, oh no. I'm not going to drink so that I can keep on top of everything and also <laughs> like this could go off the rails at any moment. Yeah. There are a few of those in my life. Yeah. <laughs> We have great fun together. Yeah. No jail time so far. (laughs) So, yeah, their whole story is a whole wild ride. Yes. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks.
0: Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber. Live like a millionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig for details. Me.
1: This week we talked about the Coconut Grove fire. Uh, and I thought I would elaborate on why I find the fire so difficult because I know that is a thing that I have said on the show before. Um, I know there are a whole podcasts whose whole thing is disasters and people who listen to disaster podcasts and like they, they just, that's a thing they're they personally it. interested in. They like it, love it. Uh, I find a lot of the disaster's Difficult. I find the fires specifically difficult because so, so, so often, so often, we're talking about people who were just trying to go to work or go to a play or have dinner or whatever. And the person who was in charge of this business and had a responsibility for the safety of their patrons, instead decided that they wanted to make some extra money or that they wanted to cut corners and have a cheaper building process for their building or whatever uh, and didn't take the necessary steps to make the building safe and maybe even locked the doors Uh, or, you know, when we're talking about things like the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, people who were just trying to go to work and had the doors locked behind them so they couldn't get out. There's just over and over and over and over some... Either greedy or incompetent, or maybe both, person uh, making decisions that made a building they were responsible for unsafe. And then a whole lot of people who were just trying to go about their lives dying because of it. Yeah. Over and over. We've talked about so many fires that have so many common elements uh, with them. Plus, they're just so deadly and so terrifying. They happen so quickly. Yeah. I don't want to throw any venues under the bus. Um, But prior to the pandemic, uh, I had season tickets to a particular series of performances at a particular venue. Um, And our tickets were in the mezzanine. And every single time the show would be over and we would be joining this incredibly slow shuffle of people down the steps to the main floor and out this one exit, I would be like, are there other exits from this building? Right. Because what if there is a fire? Like, it is taking us so long just to get out of the building in an orderly way after the show is over. I cannot imagine if everyone were panicked in a fire situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all been in places like that where you're like, "This is a little scary." Do you know what I thought about a lot? <laughs> uh, not to not to laugh about it, but it was just it. It made me chuckle in that I was like, I just talked about this on the behind the scenes. Do you remember when we were talking about uh, what a, a lazy science fair person I was and how I did like my best one was on how different fabrics burn? Mm-hmm. I know a lot about what happens to satin when it burns. Oh, yeah. And I want to also be very clear, in case anybody doesn't know, because to to laymen, and I'm not dogging anybody for not knowing this, if you're not a textiles person, you might not know, satin and silk get used interchangeably. Those are not the same thing at no, all. No, they're super not. Silk refers to the fiber, which is a natural fiber made, of course, by silkworms. Satin is a weave that gives you that satiny smooth texture, but you can have a satin made out of all kinds of things in it really jumped out at me when reading this uh, because I am a textile dork that synthetic textiles started to be made in the 1930s and they burned very yeah. differently and they burned very differently then but like um, like I think nylon was 1935 and then just uh early in the year before this so 1941 DuPont had started making polyester and another company I think Um, but like satin from like the 40s because I have played with fire on some of that turns into lava. Oh wow like, yeah. So if it was on the ceiling and it was burning in addition to it spreading in that little air pocket, mm-hmm. it would also have potentially been dropping onto people and things below and catching fire. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking of. It's like, oh my gosh, red hot fabric lava on everybody. Like there's and it's sticky. So it's like when you if you've ever made candy and you get it really, really hot, and you know it's very dangerous at that point because you can burn really easily because it sticks to you and you can't just get it off. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what makes that super terrifying. Yeah. One of the things that's really contradictory, and there are several books um, about about this fire, and they all sort of take a different, slightly different approach and focus to it. Uh, like, there's some contradictions in terms of uh, what materials were used in the decor, and how much uh, Wolanski knew about what they were made of? Apparently, when that fire inspector um, came and declared that the building was safe, one of the things that he had done was like held a match to a piece of like the papery artificial palm tree leaf, and it didn't burn. But at in court, a much bigger piece of it burned almost like flash paper. So there was a lot of stuff of light. there There were not as many standards about how do we test for whether something is fire resistant. Because if, you know, if somebody held a match up to a thing, it might be fine. But if you were in a space that was as hot as a room on fire, mm-hmm. it might suddenly become something that could flash up. And so a lot of those details I did not get into as deeply just because... Like, there was so much, so much that's still not known. I watched a lecture about this, that one of the points that they made was if this were a fire that happened today with today's technologies for, like, uh, analyzing things uh, that have been burned, uh, it would probably be a lot clearer exactly how the fire started and exactly how Exactly why it burned as fast as it, as it did. Um, with the caveat that there are for sure fire investigation techniques that have been used within the last few de- decades. That like, as people study them further, don't actually hold up as being a conclusive way to pinpoint right. the starting point of a fire and how it spread. But yeah, uh, fires are are terrifying and uh, and just they may it makes me angry how often it's the same story of. Somebody didn't want to pay for something or they didn't want people to be able to leave without paying or whatever. Um, Or just didn't prioritize safety, right? In some cases, they're not thinking even nefariously. They're just being sloppy and thoughtless, which is something you can't really afford to do when you are a space that is open to the public. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks.
0: Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
1: So definitely did a lot to revolutionize burn care. And of course, burn care has been further revised since the 1940s. We were not saying that like they solved burn care. That's not the case, but uh, they did make a lot of advancements. through treating those people, which still, something like half the people that made it to the hospital still died very soon after. It was just getting to the hospital did not necessarily mean somebody was going to be able to survive. So we are recording this more than a month before the actual anniversary. um, And so I am curious to see what kinds of uh, memorials and things happen around Boston because I know there were uh, some for the 75th anniversary I don't know as much from before that because I am a more recent transplant to the area. Dare I open the Pandora's box as someone who lives in Boston of your thoughts on the Condo Memorial scandal? Oh, well, so <laughs> I only know about this scandal what I read okay. about it because first somehow I absolutely missed it a hundred percent when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um like I I did not see anything about it in the news at all as it happened in, I think that was 2016. I was not, lit like, I have never lived, like, in the city of Boston proper. I've always lived outside of it since moving up here. Um, And so, like, I didn't see any news coverage, any tweets about it, any whatever. Um, But when I was researching the podcast, like, I was finding, you know, video clips of the news report about the thing and newspaper articles about it. Not living in the neighborhood, it's it's tough to get a gauge on what people really thought about it. But this quote from the condo owners really comes across to me as, like, thoughtless and inordinately privileged. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like, the one part where I'm like, okay, I get that, is like we don't want, like, looky-loos. Yeah. If they had offered an alternative, like, what if we designate this part of this property and as long as people can keep, you know, their wreath offerings or whatever in that space so that, like, our kids aren't suddenly dealing with strangers they don't know and having that, you know, confusion about who they trust and who they don't. I would feel a little less, like, really are you that thoughtless <laughs> yeah but they didn't offer anything like that other than not here yeah and it was sort of moved to a corner it did not move far down the street it moved to a corner that's kind of on the back side of the hotel that's there and like then there were people who were trying to kind of well actually exactly where the the revolving door really would have been it became sort of it became a whole thing right yeah it's That quote that we read, (laughs) I found. That's that's a hard one to Yeah. Uh, So, again, happy Friday. Hope whatever's coming up on your weekend is is restful and pleasant. Um, We'll be back with a Saturday classic on Saturday. We'll be back Monday with a brand new episode. If you haven't, you can subscribe to our show on the iHeartRadio app or wherever else you like to get your podcasts.
0: work.